Good evening. What a great joy it is to be able to see all of you here tonight, to be able to worship our God in spirit and in truth. And what a beautiful day we've enjoyed, haven't we? Being a beautiful day that we can be together this morning to worship and praise God and hear a great lesson by, by Brother Austin and what a great job he did. And I hope you've had a good day with perhaps with some of your family. Now to come back tonight to think about together some lessons from the Word of God that we will be encouraged, challenged, uplifted as we strive to be the people that God wants us to be. If you'd have your Bibles or your electronic devices, we ask you to open them and turn them to the, the book of 2 Corinthians chapter five. 2 Corinthians chapter five, and as you're turning there uh, to the place of our study tonight, let me just make a couple quick announcements that to remind you of. Next Sunday morning, of course next Sunday is Grandparents Day. And we would just encourage you grandchildren, all of you to, to invite your grandparents to come and to share that day with you. And maybe after our, our worship service together, you could go out and enjoy a, a period of fellowship, maybe a meal together and just make it a very special family time. And, and those of you that are grandparents, maybe it's a great opportunity for you to invite your grandchildren to come and to be with you and to worship with you on that day and just make it a special day to give honor to whom honor is due. So that'll be next Sunday morning and we'll be talking about the joys of, of grandparenting and so we hope you'll make your plans to be a part of that. Also, it's already been announced tonight, but we do want to make you aware again. Beginning next Sunday afternoon at five in the 18th, over in the 2030 building, our elders are asking you as a congregation to come and to share with them your thoughts and all that you would like to discuss and talk about and communicate about the potential of our new building. So therefore, I appreciate the elders. Thank you guys for, for being willing to be open and honest and transparent that our members had come and to share with you whatever you may be thinking and what you may be feeling about this. So I'm just grateful and by all means, please put it on your prayer list. God is blessing us as a congregation, isn't he? And we're grateful. And we wanna make sure that we're doing exactly what God would want us to do here at Mount Juliet. So remember that in your prayers and lift that up to God and uh, make your plans to be present. And if you can't, then by all means, please share that information that you have with our elders. I don't know about you, but in just a few weeks, uh, the, the favorite time of the year that I enjoy, I enjoy every season, but especially I enjoy the fall of the year. I just enjoy the, the briskness of the air and I enjoy just seeing God's handiwork at, at work. And I love just being able to, to drive through the communities or, and to see the beautiful trees and the fall colors and the brightness of the oranges and the yellows and the, and the deep reds. I just love that time of the year. It's just a way that, that God is reminding us again of his greatness and of his majesty and of his great power. And it's a time of the year that we can see the beauty and the grace of God through nature. And yet I would suggest to you, there's another activity. The activity that serves as God, if you would, just kind of a, a mini motion picture of a sinner becoming a saint. And that process of the transformation that occurs from a caterpillar, from a little creepy caterpillar to a beautiful butterfly and the changes and the stages in which it goes through. And to just to think about at one time there was that little creepy caterpillar and now you can behold and you look and who, who hasn't in their lifetime sometimes saw a butterfly and say, oh, look at that, it's beautiful. A few years ago, Debbie and I were in Callaway Gardens and we were just going through and enjoying the beauty of the gardens and we 
came across, you know, they have a butterfly center. So we, we went in there and there were just hundreds, just hundreds of butterflies and, and being multicolored and being, you know, in various sizes. And we all just stood there in amazement of the beauty as they were just flying around all around us and to be able to behold that beauty. But at one time, you know what? That butterfly wasn't so beautiful. It wasn't so attractive. Well, the reality is tonight, all of us, like the caterpillar, we began as something less than desirable. In other words, when we began our Christian journey, we were not as attractive. In fact, the apostle Paul says in Romans chapter five and verse eight, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. In other words, when we were separated from God because of sin, we were reminded this morning, that's what sin does to us. It separates us from God. It creates that barrier where there's no longer a harmonious relationship. And because we're separated from God, we need a way back. And just like that caterpillar, we began that way. We weren't desirable, we were yet sinners, alienated, separated from Jehovah God. But the good news tonight is that in Christ and in Christ alone, they can make a beautiful transformation. There can be something that will occur in your heart and in mine, and that is we can be a new creation. Look at 2 Corinthians 5 and verse number 17. Here the apostle Paul says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, notice where it is, in Christ alone. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things, that caterpillar stage. They have passed away and all things have become new. And just like that change that occurs in that beautiful butterfly and that spiritual transformation, that metamorphosis that occurs in an individual's heart and through their life, then the end result is there's this wonderful relationship. And the wonderful end is, is God has created us in a way now that we can leave that life of sin and we can fly and we can serve in a new way to new accomplishments in life. So when I think about that transformation, it's a beautiful thing that happens in the sight of God. Tonight I wanna share with you three words. Three words that I hope that all of us will take with us that will demonstrate for us that God that makes these changes. The first word is the word victory. Thank you, Josh, for leading that song. I texted him a little earlier today and asked him to do that, and I appreciate him doing that because we want to talk about that victory. And that victory as we have as Christians, in this transformation, in this change, we die to self and we live for him. Now, before we make note of the passage that's on the PowerPoint, I want you to turn with me back in 2 Corinthians 5 and notice what Paul says in verse 15. And Jesus Christ died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Therefore, from now on, verse 16, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. In other words, at one time in the flesh, when you were that caterpillar, if you will, now you no longer know him that way. In other words, what Paul says in Galatians 2 is, I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, it's different. 
It's a transformation. I now live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. See, the apostle Paul identifies for us, here's a new life. Now you can have that victory and that transformed life that happened in the, in the stages of a butterfly to become that beautiful, the very presence of that butterfly is, is beautiful and it's pleasant. You know, when I think about and I look out in this audience and I see individuals and I see the changes and you look at your life and you investigate your heart and you think about the changes that has occurred in your life. And those changes that occur, it's like Jesus sees diamonds in the rough because of that transformation that occurs for every individual who belongs to him. And I find it so encouraging. I find it so uplifting and motivating when I looked at the flawed lives of, of some of the apostles. When I think about Matthew, the tax collector, who in the world would have thought about, okay, here's a good choice for a man to be a, an apostle of Christ, one who is sent out with a message of salvation? Here's a man that if you go back in that day and time and you think about a tax collector, they weren't looked on them very favorably. They, weren't, they didn't have a whole lot of friends because you know what? They were really taking advantage of a lot of people. And they would, in, in their eyes, they would say, you know what? Those individuals are just kind of ruthless. And it's interesting to watch in the scriptures that, that what the word of God does, a lot of times they will associate it with sinners. Why? Because people didn't look up, but yet here's Matthew and you look at the fact of what he was and what he became. You look at that wonderful transformation and that wonderful change that occurred in his heart and his life. And then you think about Peter, the apostle of Christ, the fisherman. And you think about this individual. Oh, there was times when he was courageous. You know, when they was going to arrest Jesus, they he said, look, if you're going to get to him, you got to go through me. You're not getting to him. And yet, a little bit later, what did he say? Hey, aren't you with that fellow right in there? Weren't you, didn't you come in with him? Oh, no, not me. Huh? I don't know him. Wait a minute. He goes from so courageous to denying the very son of the living God. And yet, there's such a transformation that occurs in his heart and in his life, in his service, that he's the author of two, new, two new, new Testament books. Or you think about John, the son of thunder, becoming an apostle of love. What a transformation. <laughs> what a change occurred because, you know, on one occasion in Luke chapter nine, you remember when Jesus was there with the Samaritans and they were rejecting the Christ. You remember what, what John says? Lord, do you want me to call down fire from above like Elijah did? I mean, I'll do that. And the Lord said, oh, no, no, no. And yet, here's a man that was able to transform because he had victory in Jesus. He's been able to be transformed from that son of thunder, calling down fire from above to being the apostle of love and compassion. Brethren, when I look at the transformation that can occur and that has occurred in their lives and what has happened in your life and what can occur in other individuals' lives, here is the design that Jesus Christ has. He has us have victory in Jesus Christ of being transformed, of going from that little creepy caterpillar to a beautiful butterfly spiritually. 
Second word, identity. Identity. The word of God says that Jesus Christ became sin for us. Verse 21. That we might become perfect in the sight of God or in the presence of God or before God. Isn't that a beautiful thought? Him who knew no sin became sin that you can appear before God and stand before him perfect in the sight of Jehovah God, just like that caterpillar. New identity. You know, a bird, see that butterfly now, not even realizing, you know, I would have, man, I would have picked you up and had you for lunch, dinner. And now you're sharing the friendly skies with me. What a transformation. What a change has occurred. And that's exactly the way it is for us when we think about spiritually, when we have been saved by grace through faith. Guess what, brethren? We have a new start. We have a different identity. We have God's wonderful promises as our very own. See, used to, we operated by standpoint of the flesh. Oh, but now when you become saved in Christ and you belong to him, our perspective is now the cross on which the Prince of Glory has died. I used to live, as Romans chapter eight and verse one says, there is therefore now, today, no condemnation in Christ. But then he makes a contrast in Romans chapter eight and he says, because there's no condemnation, we used to walk and live according to the flesh. But now we live according to the spirit. But look at verse five. For those who live according to the flesh, they set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. You're talking about a transformation. We're talking about a, a serious change and now our perspective of life, how we live, how we conduct ourselves is in perspective of the cross. And every time you look at the cross, you remember where the Prince of Glory and what he has tasted. Him who knew no sin was made to be sin because that's the only hope we have to have victory in Jesus Christ. Now, we don't have time tonight, and this is not an exhaustive list by any means, but I want you to be encouraged and, and challenged at the same time tonight to remember about your identity in Christ. I want you to be able to remember, if you will, as a Christian, as a child of God, but if you want to take this imagery here of a, of a caterpillar and a butterfly, I want you to leave here tonight remembering who and whose you are. I want you to leave here tonight about being encouraged about your identity in Christ because we are assured of having victory. But now look at your identity. As I said, we won't have time to do this, but maybe this week in some of your devotionals, maybe you can go back and revisit some of these. Just this week, who and whose you are. You are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Just think about the opportunities and blessings and privileges God's going to allow us as a salt of the earth to add some favor to some people's life. That we're the light of the world, that we're people who are living in darkness. In the darkness of sin and separation from God. Or maybe in the, in the darkness of, of dealing with some struggles and difficulties of life. You will be an avenue to help them to see the light of the world, Jesus the Christ. That's who you are. That's your identity. 
Oh, we read in the book of Philippians chapter three and verse 20 that you are a citizen of heaven with all of God's family, that your citizenship, you don't belong to this earth, brethren. We belong to heaven. So therefore, we're just passing through. Our citizenship is already there. Or John 15 in verse one, that you're a part of and you're connected to and you're connected with Jesus Christ, who is the true vine. And through him comes the nourishment and the sustenance that you need for living life. But the word of God continues to say that you're also a friend of Christ. John 15 and verse 15, there's, he's the best friend that we could ever have. And you think about some of the traits that you value and that you see in a, in a true friend of life. And you think about those traits and you identify those and you realize how important they are to you. Just remember, there's no better friend in all the world than the friend of Jesus Christ. You want your identity? That's where your identity is, that you're a friend of the Savior of the world. And Colossians chapter three, that you're an expression of life with Christ. Think about that for a moment. Let that soak in just for a moment. Colossians three, one through four. If you've been raised with Christ, you seek those things which are above and not of things of this earth. Set your mind on those things, not on the things of this earth. And then he says, when Christ who is our life, notice the transformation, who is our life, when he appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. You're a child of God with the privilege of calling God my father. Romans 8, 14 and 15. When we say there, we read there where the spirit says, and you can cry out, Abba, Abba, Father. The Lord word literally means those words of tenderness. So it's not like you say, Father. It's a very tender, a very loving, Abba, Abba, Father of love, of relationship, of connection. Because you're the temple. You're the temple, you're the dwelling place of God, 1 Corinthians 6. You no longer belong to yourself, you've been purchased with a price. Therefore glorify God in this body. Oh, and you're a member of the royal priesthood. You're a member of the holy nation, 1 Peter 2 and verse 9. We're just talking about your identity. Doesn't it encourage you? But at the same time, it issues a challenge, doesn't it? To make sure that I fulfill that identity. Because, see, I have made the transformation. I'm no longer in the world and according to flesh. Now I'm living by the Spirit. Therefore, I want to represent that to this world in which we live. And a member of the royal priesthood, the holy nation of God. And therefore, the end result of that is I'm at peace with God. I'm at peace with God. Galatians 5 and verse 2. You know why? Because my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Folks, that's just identity. That's who you are. That's the transformation that has occurred in your heart and in your life. That now you are all of these things and we could continue on. Oh, there's victory in Jesus. Remember your identity, who you are. But then the third word is purpose. The word purpose. We now become God's spokespersons, champion his cause. Look again at 2 Corinthians chapter five. 2 Corinthians chapter five, verse 18 through 20. Now all things are of God, 
who has reconciled. Remember, we were talking about separation. Reconcile means to make peace, to restore the relationship. Now we have been reconciled to himself. How? Through Jesus Christ. Remember, he is the only way. And he now he has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, verse 19, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not reckoning or imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us, notice this, he's committed to us the word of reconciliation. Therefore, okay, stop right there. Therefore, you always stop and see what it's there for. All right? You always stop and see what, in view of, in conclusion, in light of what's just been stated. What's just been stated? You have been reconciled. You now have peace with God. The relationship has been restored to be harmonious and loving. Now, you have and I have the opportunity to be in the ministry of reconciliation. So how's that going to occur? Verse 20, therefore we are God's ambassadors. We are the ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. I mean, when I read verse 20, folks, it really gets the blood going in my life. Because here the privilege we have. We know who we are. We have created our identity. Now he says, guess what? You're my spokespersons. You're my ambassadors. You get to champion my cause. See, not only do we have victory in Jesus, not only do we have identity, now we have our purpose. What is that purpose? We're spokesmen. We're in the ministry of reconciliation, folks, to a loving God. He uses the word ambassador. Actually, it is through an ambassador that that message would be delivered. Because if you go back and do any study about an ambassador, you'll realize that, that what an ambassador does, they, they reflect the, the agenda the convictions, the truths, the causes of the one they represent. Think about that privilege of your identity of being in Christ. That you get to champion the very cause of Jesus Christ. That you reflect, you represent his convictions and his truths. And just like an ambassador of our, of our country, in the very same way, brethren, we have this privilege that we can point people to, show people the way of a life-changing, soul-changing relationship with Jesus the Christ. What an honor. What a blessing. What a privilege to belong to Christ and to be in Christ and that we direct them to the possibility of being reconciled in two ways, by our lips and by our lives. We can share with others what Jesus Christ has done for us and we can share with them the hope of eternal salvation. We do it by lip and we do it by the life that we live. When we live that life of honor and glory to God, we represent the message. We present the very character of the Savior of the world. Isn't it great to be a child of God? That you have a purpose, that you have meaning, that you have direction, and it includes our focus of being what God would have us to be as an ambassador. One Sunday morning, a lady was driving home from church. Her little girl turned to her and said, Mama, Mommy, there's just something that, that, about the sermon this morning that I really don't understand. And the mother said, oh, what is it, honey? And the daughter replied, you know, the preacher this morning, he said that, that God is bigger than we are. 
And he said that God is so big that he could hold the whole world in his hand. Mommy, is that true? And the mother answered, yes, honey, that is true. But then, but mommy, the preacher also said that God comes to live inside us when we are Christians, when we belong to him. Is that true also? And again, the mother said, yes, honey, that's true. And then with this puzzled look, I mean, you could see the wheels turning in this little girl. She looked and she said, mommy, if God is bigger than us and he lives in us, wouldn't he show through? Wow, from the mouth of babes. Wouldn't he show through? Well, of course he will, because we are ambassadors. We represent, because the ambassador of Christ, they know Christ. They stay in communication with him and they represent him in this world. You see, brethren, there's so many folks in our community in this old world, like to, they'd like to have that happiness. They'd like to find that joy of living the Christian life. And the truth is, you and I have the opportunity to represent, be an ambassador for the Prince of Peace. And there's no amount of education, there's no amount of money there's no amount of effort on anyone's own doing that will ever be enough to provide the peace of God, the peace from God, and the peace with God. That's only done through Jesus the Christ, the son of the living God, your savior and my savior. But the good news is we get to represent him. We get to show him because Christ is bigger than the world and he lives with us and so what's gonna happen is just like the little girl said, shouldn't he show through? Well, yes, he should. So what do we have in Christ? What's this life changing? There's victory, there's identity, there's purpose. See, we're usually all familiar with VIP, very important person. And that's true because you remember, everybody is somebody to Jesus. Everybody is somebody to Jesus. But what my challenge for you is to do this. Next time you see a butterfly, I want you to think about your walk with the Savior. I want you to think about your relationship with Jesus. You remember that it started out not so pretty, not so inviting, but now it can be like a beautiful butterfly. And the next time you see a butterfly, I want you to remember VIP. You are a very important person, but I want you to remember it in a different way. I want you to be reminded by the butterfly that you have victory in Jesus. I want you to remember your identity, who you really are, who you really belong to. And I want you to remember and recall your purpose as a child of God, that you're an ambassador. What a privilege and what an honor that is to be able to represent the savior of the world to those who have need. Maybe you look at your life and you go, my identity with Christ hasn't been portrayed the way that it should.
And maybe you want this church to pray with you and this church family to love on you and to say to you, we want to go to God in prayer on your behalf. We would love to do that. Or maybe there's others in this auditorium tonight that you have never named the sweetest name on mortal lips. Jesus Christ is the Savior of your soul. You've never made him the Lord of your life by rendering obedience to him. Oh, you believe that Jesus is a Christ. Now you need to change that life of living for the flesh and live it for the spirit. Wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Raised to walk as a new creation in Christ. If you have those needs, we would love to serve you in any way and every way that we can. If you'll just let them be known, 